that you would help us as we attempt to look at your word, Father, as we attempt to preach the Bible. Lord, I pray that you would help me to say the things, Father, that you would have me to say. Lord, help this to be a time that we could look at this passage and grow from this passage and be able to apply things to our lives. In your precious name I pray, Amen. Alright, well we're there in Judges chapter number 10 and we've been preaching through the book of Judges on uh, Sunday nights, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And uh, there's a few things we could learn from this passage. I want you to see, if you remember, uh, look at verse 1, it says, And after Abimelech there arose to defend Israel. Remember last week we, taught, we, we went through those 57 verses of the story of Abimelech, the son of uh, Gideon there, who killed his brethren in order to become really the first king of Israel as he attempted to do that. And if you remember, God told us that big old long story about uh, Abimelech, about Gael, about all the, their, their, the things that they did and the whole purpose of that story. God wrapped it all up with, uh, with a phrase there. If you look at verse 56 of the previous chapter, it says, Thus God rendered the wickedness of Abimelech. And you got to remember that God, uh, you, you can't, do, you know, be not deceived, God is not mocked. You're not going to mock at God, He will make sure that you reap what you sow. And that's why you better make sure you're reaping good things. Because if you, if you uh, sow to the flesh corruption, you'll reap corruption. And um, in verse 1 of chapter 10, we begin the history of Israel there. And it says, And after Abimelech, there arose to defend Israel, Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo. I'm sure that guy probably had a rough time in school, you know what I mean? His name was Dodo. A man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamer in Mount Ephraim. Now I want you to see this, verse 2. And he judged Israel twenty and three years, and died, and was buried in Shamer. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think to myself, you know, God, God bless this guy. Because the Bible, here's all the Bible says about him. He was born... He judged Israel, he served Israel, he served God, and he died. Now that might not be that interesting to you and I, because we like the stories with all the details, you know, where they're running into the towers, and they're getting burnt up, and they're doing this, and they're, they're doing that. But you know, if your name was going to be put in the Bible, wouldn't that be a good way to have your name in the Bible? I mean, I'd ra- instead of God, you know, documenting all my sin, I'd rather He just say, so-and-so was born, so-and-so served me, and so-and-so died. And that's all we, all we know about this judge. Look at verse 2 again. And he judged Israel 23 years and died and was buried in shame. Now you've got to understand this, okay? Look at, this is a very not well-known judge. But right after him, you have another not well-known judge. Look at verse 3. And after him arose Jair, a Gileadite. And judged Israel 20 and 2 years. So the first guy judged 20 and 3 years. This guy judged 20 and 2 years. And he had 30 sons that rode on 30 ass colts. And they had 30 cities, which are called Havoth Jair unto this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair, notice, died and was buried in Canaan. Now here's what you got to understand, okay? The book of Judges is the Word of God. We understand that. The book of Judges is the Bible. But the book of Judges is also a history book. It documents for us the history of the children of Israel before they had a king, other than Abimelech, and you understand that. But during this history, or during this time, in which they were ruled by judges. Now here's what you got to understand. These two judges are not very well known. Why? Because there wasn't a lot going on. There wasn't any wars breaking out. 
There's no fights. Think about it in American history. What are the most well-known presidents? George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Roosevelt. What are the presidents that are not very well-known? Grover, you know what I mean? Like, I can't even think of any of those because we don't know who they are. Why? Because there's no wars going on. There was no, here's what you understand. You gotta understand this. Through the, the books of Judges, you go up and down. They go into captivity, out of captivity. But you gotta understand because the, the book of Judges, it represents our Christian life. And how you and I often go up and down. And these verses here represent for us the dual nature of God's blessing. For these 23 and 22, for these total of 50 years, Israel is living under the blessing of God. Now it might not be very interesting to read. There might not be a lot of details for us to be able to look at. But if you were alive during these 50 years in the nation of Israel, you were living in a pretty good time to be alive. And I want you to see the dual nature of God's blessing. Whenever God blesses, there's two main things that He does as a blessing. Look at verse uh, 1 again. And after Abimelech, there arose to defend Israel. So this guy is defending Israel. Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, of man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamer in Mount Ephraim. Number one, when it comes to God's blessing, you've got to understand this. God blesses with peace. Now you've got to understand this. Because I think sometimes as Bible-believing Christians, we get away from this idea, or we really run from this idea, because we feel the liberals are teaching this, but God wants to give you peace in your life. He actually does. And oftentimes it's not God that's withholding the peace from our lives, but it's our own sin. It's our own problems. It's our own turmoil. People say, my, you know, my, life, my, my life's falling apart because of my marriage. But really, it's your fault. Your marriage isn't problem. It's not God's fault. And we stole the truth. My, my life is falling apart because of my financial mess. But really, it's you that got yourself in that financial mess, not God. And oftentimes we allow, you know, things that, and we say, why won't God give me peace in my life? God does want to give you peace in your life. But you and I keep to, you know, we want to get ourselves in trouble. And then we want to blame God for it. Let me show you a few verses. Go to Psalm 29. Psalm 29. And you can keep your finger there in Psalm 29. Uh, or in Psalms, because we're going to look at a few verses there in Psalm. But look at Psalm 29. And look at verse number 11. Now look, I'm not a... I'm not a liberal, I'm not a prosperity preacher. But you need to realize these verses are in the Bible. Psalm 29, the Bible says, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Do you see that? Now you got to understand this. You ever met someone, and it seems like they're just always looking... They, they want drama in their life. They, you know, if, if something's not going on, they're going to go start something. You know what I mean? Like some people thrive off it. But look, God wants to give you peace in your life. Go to Proverbs chapter number 3. Proverbs chapter number 3. Look at verse 1. Proverbs chapter number 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, Proverbs right after Psalms. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days, and for long life, and peace, do you see that? And peace shall they add to thee. God just gave you a promise there that He can add peace to your life if you do certain things. What do you got to do? Forget not my law. 
Let thine heart keep my commandments. Look, if you do not have peace in your life, it's probably because you're forgetting the law of God or you're not keeping His commandments. It's that simple. People say, my life is all messed up. How do I do what God tells you to do and it'll be fine? Now you got to understand this. Living, having peace doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to get attacked from the enemy. But the Bible says that God can give you that peace that passeth all understanding. Go back to Judges chapter 10. I want you to see this, okay? The dual nature of God's blessing. Number one, He wants to give you peace. But number two, not only does He want to give you peace, look at verse 2. And He judged Israel 23 years, and died, and was buried in Shemer. Now I want you to see this. Verse 3. And after Him arose Jair, a Gileadite, and judged Israel 22, uh, 22 years. Now notice what God tells us about this judge, Jair. Verse 4. And He had... 30 sons. That's a lot of sons. Yes, sir. He had 30 sons. I feel sorry for that wife. You know what I mean? 30 sons. Now notice, not only does he have 30 sons, that rode on 30 assholes. What is God telling us here? These people had money. You understand that? They're not walking. They've got transportation. It's like if you said, I've got 30 sons and I've got 30 pickup trucks for my 30 sons. Or I've got 30 whatever, you know, vehicles for my sons. Notice what he says, verse 4. And he had 30 sons that rode on 30 ass colts. And they had 30 cities. Do you see that? They, had, they didn't have 30 houses. They had 30 cities. He had a city to give each son. Which are called Havoth Jair unto this day, which are in the land of Gideon. Now listen to me. There's a dual nature to God's blessing. God does not want your life spinning out of control all the time. God wants to give peace to your life, but you know what else? God wants to give prosperity to your life. Did you know that? Now I know, you're, we're in an independent form of Baptist church. You're not supposed to be preaching a prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. But you need to understand this. There are many, many, many promises in the Bible where God says He wants to prosper you. Where God says He wants to bless you. You say, I don't believe you. Let's run some of these. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Right before the book of Judges, you got Joshua chapter number 1. Very well-known passage. We've looked at it oftentimes, but we'll look at it again. Joshua chapter number 1. Look at verse number 7. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 7. Joshua 1, 7. The Bible says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Does that sound familiar? What did God say you needed to do to get peace? Keep His commandments, right? Here God tells you that He wants you to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest what? How do you get prosperity in your life? Do what God says. The funny thing to me is, you and I will purposely, on purpose, do what God tells us not to do, and then wonder why we don't have the prosperity of God in our life, wonder why we don't have the peace of God. You understand this? The blessing of God is dual nature. He wants to give you peace, He wants to give you prosperity, but He's not just going to give you peace. He's not just going to give you prosperity. He's going to tell you, do what I tell you to do, and I'll give you peace. Do what I tell you to do, and I'll give you prosperity. Look at verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all, that, uh, all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou, that thou mayest observe to do... Those are the key words right there. To do... According to all that is written therein, for then, 
Now notice, the then there comes, first you gotta, you know, keep His law in your mouth. First you gotta meditate. First you've got to do what His law says to do. And then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then, thou shalt have good success. See, I'm not a, you know, prosperity, you know, name it and claim it. God's going to make you rich and you're never going to have to go through any trials or tribulations. I'm not preaching that, but you've got to understand this. God wants to bless you. He actually is looking for an excuse to bless you. Go back to Psalm. Look at Psalm 1, verse number 3. Psalm 1 and verse number 3. Psalm 1, verse number 3. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to jinx it, but I, I think we can go through this quickly. But I'm not even going to say anything because that doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> Psalm 1, look at verse 3. Psalm 1, 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And notice what it says. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Go to Psalm uh, 35. Look at verse 27. Psalm 35. Look at verse number 27. Psalm 35, verse number 27. Psalm 35, 27. The Bible says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor, my, uh, that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified. Notice, this is what the Bible says by God. Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper your life. God wants to bring peace in your life. And you know, as a pastor, the more I speak with people, the more I counsel people, the more I find that when we need God the most, that's when we run from God the most. When you're going through a trial, that's not the time to stop reading your Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you're going through a trial, that's not the time to quit praying. When you're going through a trial, that's not the time to quit on God. That's when you need to do most what He's telling you to do. And He says, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll give you peace. I'll give you prosperity. There's a dual nature to God. Go back to Judges 10. There's a dual nature to God's blessing. God says, I want to give you peace. We see that in verse 1. Verse 2. God says, I want to bring you prosperity. We see that in verse 3. Verse 4. But not only is there a dual nature to God's blessing... There's also a dual nature to our sin. Look at verse number 6. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Now notice what they did. Number 1, and served Balaam, that's a false god, and Ashtaroth, that's a false god, and the gods of Syria, that's a false god, and the gods of Zidon, that's a false god. And the gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, all false gods. This morning we learned that whenever you worship an idol, what are you actually worshiping? A devil. Okay, so here's what they did. Number one, they served a devil. They served a false god. But you got to understand this. Just like God's uh, blessing is dual in nature, it's peace and prosperity, our sin is dual in nature. You say, it's a sin to serve Balaam. It's a sin to serve Ashtoreth. It's a sin to, to serve a false god. But notice, look, look, look at verse number 6. When you get past that whole list, look what it says. And, do you see that and towards the end of the verse? And, here's number two. So number one, what they do? They serve the wrong God. Number two, and forsook the Lord and served not Him. See, there's two parts to sin. There's doing the wrong 
thing, and then there's not doing the right thing. Let me show you even further. Go to the same chapter, verse 10. Same chapter, verse 10. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee. Notice this word, both. Do you see that? That means they committed two sins. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both, number one, because we have forsaken our God, and number two, we also served Balaam. Do you see that? Sin is dual in nature. Go to James chapter number 4. Look at verse 17. James, towards the end of the New Testament, after the book of Hebrews, you got the book of James. James chapter number 4. And look at verse number 17. James chapter 4 and verse 17. You say, it's wrong to do a sin in the Bible. It's wrong to go in drunk. It's wrong to go, you know, steal from someone. It's wrong. But let me tell you something. The sin is dual in nature. It's not only wrong to break one of God's laws and commandments, it's also wrong to not do something that is right when you know you should be doing right. Are you there in James chapter 4? Look at verse 17. Therefore, you say, you know, every time I come to church, I learn about a sin I'm not supposed to be learning. I'm going me- to really mess you up right now. <laughs> it's going to get a lot harder. Look at verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You say, is it a sin for me to go commit adultery? Yeah. Is it a sin for me to steal? Yeah. Is it a sin for me to... But you know what? When, when, when you know that you should be preaching the gospel, and you don't, guess what? That's a sin too. When you know that you should be doing something right, and you don't, guess what? That's a sin too. See, God's blessing is dual nature, but, God, but sinning is dual nature. It's not just enough to not do those bad things, you ought to be doing the good things. It's not just enough to not do, you know, I'm going to do those, the, you know, the study commandments of the Bible. You find a whole, a whole lot of the thou shalt not, but you know what else? You also find a whole lot of the thou shalt there are certain things that God expects you to do. Go back to Judges chapter number 10. You find the dual nature of God's blessing. You find the dual nature of sin. Number 7. Verse number 7. Point number 3, I want you to see this. You find the dual nature of God's wrath. The dual nature of God's wrath. Look at verse 7. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hands of the children of Ammon. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel. Eighteen years, all the children of Israel that were on the other side, Jordan, in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah, and against Benjamin, and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. Verse 10, And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God, and also served Balaam. Now notice what God says, verse 11, And the Lord said unto the children of Israel, did not, did not I deliver you from, Egypt, from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, and from the children of Ammon, and from the Philistines, the Zidonians also, and the Amalekites, and the Maonites, did oppress you, and ye cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand, yet ye have forsaken me, and served other gods, wherefore, notice what he says, I will deliver you no more. Verse 14, go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. That's a scary place to be in. When you put something before God, you put someone before God, 
you put anything before God. You know, there comes a time where God's wrath, God's judgment, God gets so upset. He says, you know what? Since you love that so much, why don't you cry unto that God? Why don't you cry to that God? Look what he says. Look, look at verse 14. Go and cry unto the gods which have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. You ought to be very careful. You say, Pastor Jimenez, I'm going to put my job before uh, God. I'm going to put my job before church. You better be very careful because when tribulation comes, when you need God, when you're sick or your kids are sick or your marriage needs help and you need God, are you going to pray to that job? Is that job going to help you? I'm going to, you know, it's football season starting up. I don't even know if football season is starting up. I have no clue. I, don't, I, I could care less about sports. <laughs> I don't, you know, but in America, sports to many people is a God. They serve it more faithfully than they serve the God of the Bible. But we'll see you when your marriage is falling apart, when your health is in ruins, when you have nowhere to turn. You're going to turn to the NFL? They're going to help you? You're going to turn to your little gambling or your little movies or whatever it is you put before God. you got to remember, you put something before God, you're saying, that's my God. And God may turn around and say, well, go ahead and pray to that God. Go ahead and cry out to that God when your tribulation comes. book of Proverbs says that wisdom will mock when your fear comes. There's a dual nature to God's judgment. Part of it is the wrath of God. Part of it is the anger of God. You got to understand this. God has feelings. God has emotions. God gets angry. I mean, this is an angry God to say, you cry out. These people are crying out. They're saying, God help us. God, we're in distress. God, we're in tribulation. He says, why don't you cry out to Balaam? Why don't you cry out to Ashtoreth? Why don't you cry out to all these other gods? But notice, there's a dual nature to his judgment. One is anger. But look at verse number... 16. And they put away the strange gods from among them and served the Lord. And his, talking about the Lord, soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. You got to understand this. Not only does God get angry, but God's heart gets grieved. Remember, we talked about it at the beginning. What does God want to do for you? He wants to give you peace, wants to give you prosperity. And when He sees you without peace, when He sees you without prosperity, when He sees you in misery, it grieves Him. It hurts Him. So you have a dual nature of God's blessing. What is it? Peace and prosperity. You have a dual nature of God's wrath. What is it? Anger and misery. you got to understand this though. There's also a dual nature to getting right with God. Look at verse number 15. And I told you, I, it's better if I don't say anything, because then I'm, I'm going to mess it up. Look at verse 15. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, notice what they said, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee this day. Verse 16. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and served the Lord, and his soul was grieved for the mystery of Israel. You got to understand, we said there's a dual nature to God's blessing. We said there's a dual nature to God's wrath. We said there's a dual nature to sin. But you got to understand this. When it's time to get right with God, there's a dual nature to getting right with God. The first thing you need to do is confess your sin. Look at verse 15. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, notice what they said, We have sinned. They're confessing. They're saying, God, we messed up. 
God, we did the wrong thing. Look what he says. We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. But there's another part to getting right with God. It's not enough to just confess and say, God, I sinned. God, I messed up. Look at verse 16. The second part to that is this. And they put away. You see that? The strange gods from among them and served the Lord and his soul was grieved for the mystery of Israel. The dual nature to getting right with God is number one, you got to confess your sin. But number two, you got to put it away. It's not just enough to say, God, I messed up. God, I'm confessing the sin to you. And then you go off and continue in the same sin. Go to Proverbs chapter 28. Look at verse 13. Proverbs chapter 28. Verse number 13. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. Proverbs 28.13 The Bible says this Proverbs 28.13 Proverbs 28.13 The Bible says He that covereth his sins shall not prosper I I don't feel like I can prosper in my life Maybe it's because you're covering sin And by the way, let me say this God wants to prosper you but you got to understand this. Being in the blessing of God does not mean that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. If you want a perfect picture of someone who has the prosperity and the blessing of God on their life, you ought to go to the book of Genesis and read the life of Joseph. You know, Joseph, every time the Bible says that God is blessing him, the Bible says that God, every time Joseph sets off to do something, it prospers, he does good with it, he does great with it. Every time he's given a task, he's just excelling, he's doing great things. But guess what? At the same time that he's excelling, at the same time that he's prospering, at the same time that he's getting promoted, at the same time that he has the blessings of God, you know what else is happening? At the same time, his brothers are selling him into slavery, he's being lied about and put into prison, He's being forgotten about his friends. So just because you got the blessings of God on your life doesn't mean nothing bad's going to happen to you. You can be in the will of God and be right where God wants you and be right in the midst of a storm. But that's okay. Because when you're in that storm, God will give you the peace that passes all understanding. Now look at Proverbs 28 and look at verse number 13. He that cover the sin shall not prosper. Now notice this. Notice the dual nature. But whoso confesseth, but it's not just enough to confess sin. It says, and forsaketh them shall have mercy. It's not enough for you to identify, I got this is sin in my life. You got to get rid of that sin in your life. It's not enough to say, God, I messed up in this area. You got to put away that God. You got to get rid of that. You got to forsake it. You got to say, I'm not going to do that again. There's a dual nature when you're dealing with God. Usually, God does not expect one thing. Usually, God expects two things. Go back to Judges chapter 10. We saw, number one, and this is a chapter that doesn't really have a lot of story in it, but you can still see this principle throughout chapter 10. We saw the dual nature of God's blessing. What was it? Peace and prosperity. We saw the dual nature of sin. What was it? Doing the wrong thing and not doing the right thing. We saw the dual nature of God's wrath. His anger. When He says, well, call out to the God that you're serving if they're so great. But also you see God's grief and His heart breaking for His people. And then number four, we saw there the dual nature of, of God, of getting right with God. You have to confess your sin. 
you have to identify your sin, but then you also need to forsake your sin. Go to 1 John chapter number 1. Let me just show you this and we'll, we'll be done. I had, I had a goal, okay? And I didn't want to say anything to you because that messes it all up. Last week, I preached for like an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. And I, I said, last week on Sunday night, I said, we're going to get out of here early tonight. And I told you, I'm going to preach for 30 minutes. And I preached for 50 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and then this morning, I think I preached for like an hour and five minutes. So I had a goal that I want to be done in 30 minutes. I'm at 28 minutes and 14 seconds, okay? So i got two minutes to show you this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, if we confess our sins... I'm sorry, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I got a call from some guy wanting to argue. I don't even know who this guy is. He just saw me on the internet. And, and he, he, he just wanted to argue. He says, he says, why do we need to confess our sins if we've been forgiven of all our sins? He said, don't, don't you believe that we've been forgiven of all our sins? Yeah. Don't you believe that you're going to go to heaven no matter what you do? Yeah. So then why do I need to confess my sins? Because you're still in your flesh. There's people that, that, that teach this art. They think, uh, I think Brother Vincent and I were out soul winning and met a guy that said, you know, I, I believe um, in... in that once you get saved, you never sin again. They, they believe that they just become perfect. They never sin. Now look at verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth of the matter is this. You and I are going to mess up. You and I are going to get under pressure, make the wrong decisions, do the wrong things. We're going to say the wrong things. We're going to do the wrong things. We're going to act the wrong way. We're going to have the wrong attitude. We are going to sin. You say, what do I do? You confess your sin. But it's not enough to confess it. You've got to forsake it. Otherwise, you're just going to make God mad. There's a dual nature. You go around apologizing to God all the time. God, I'm sorry for doing this. God, the next day, God, I'm sorry for doing this. The next day, God, I'm sorry for doing this. Eventually, God's going to say, why don't you quit apologizing and just stop doing it? It's more than just confessing, it's forsaking. It's a dual nature to getting right with God. Look at that. 29 minutes, 59 seconds. Bow here, then I have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be able to study the Bible. Even in a chapter like Judges uh, chapter 10, where most people would probably skip it, most people would probably not read, preach through it, there's not a lot of excitement there, there's not a lot of things going on there. Even in a chapter like that, we can see that you're trying to teach us a concept. That you want us to deal with you in a way that pleases you. Lord, help us to search our hearts. To find the sin in our lives, to find that hidden sin, not just to identify it, not just to feel guilty about it, but to make our hearts right and to forsake it. And to say, you know what, I'm never going to do that again. Lord, I pray you'd help us to realize the dual nature of your blessing, the dual nature of our sin, the dual nature of your judgment. Lord, we love you in your precious name I pray. Amen.